and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I'm Alex Jensen. With me here, we got Kellen Garenstein as our guest. And as always, Zach Dietz. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you for having me on today. I I, I can't wait to get into it. You know, you, you are two guys who I really respect and I really value your opinion. So you having me on means a lot to me and, and I can't wait to get into it. Appreciate that a lot, man. Um, I was worried at first because Alex has a habit of forgetting to introduce me, but I realized he was just being courteous to our guests, so it's all right, but super stoked to have you on today, Kellen. Value your opinion a lot as well, and excited to dive into a loaded cornerback class for the 2022 NFL Draft. Yeah, this class is absolutely insane. It's this is up there. I mean, Edge, I struggled a lot too, but I just had a hard time cutting this list down. I had to leave some guys that I really liked off the list. I don't know if you guys had a similar experience or not, but... Definitely. Definitely. That was pretty wild. That was pretty wild. I had a tough time. Since Kellen is the guest here, I kind of want to let him start it off. But before I do that, I'm going to run down what we're going to be doing. We are going to be talking cornerbacks this week. We're going to be doing each of our top 10, kind of going in a little bit on each guy, why we have them ranked where we do. Maybe giving the other guys a little bit of shit for where they have certain people ranked. A couple honorable mentions. And uh, we're just going to try to teach you about this class quite a bit here. Uh, and with that said, I'm going to let Kellen go first. Kellen, who do you think is the 10th best cornerback in this class? Oh, okay. Give me, starting off at number 10. Um, I'm going to go uh, Alante Taylor, uh, the cornerback from Tennessee, a guy who my boy Lorenz really liked um, and kind of put me on to him. He's a guy who's really been battle tested, obviously playing in that SEC competition and a guy who's who's physical and has a pretty good size frame. Right. He's going to get you. He's going to get his hands on you. And he can also kind of play a little bit of off a little bit of zone kind of can do it all. And and when we talk about these corners, I think especially when we're trying to project their uh, to project them to an NFL level. Right. We're trying to get them there. We're really talking about where do they fit? Right. What scheme really matters when we're talking about corners, because you're going to get beat. Right. There's going to be plays where you lose. And, but how many times are you putting your guy in position to win, right? That's what we're talking about. And I think with Alante Taylor, you can do that in a lot of different ways. And I would have no problem with anyone putting him higher on the, on a list. Um, I, but like we said, man, this this cornerback class is just absolutely stacked, right? And 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 I think in a lot of other corner classes, he's he's going to be undoubtedly higher. Um, and I've got a lot to say about other guys, and Taylor, I think, would be really good to get some more tape on. He just played Alabama, right? So to get my eyes on that and to watch that will be really good when I can. But for right now, I think he's a top 10 corner in the class, can definitely work his way up or can fall just as easily. Yeah, and he – I just kind of want to mention something on him. He has one of the weirder measurable combos I have ever seen, I think, where he has over 32-inch arms but a sub-74-inch wingspan. And for me, when I was watching him, it did show up, particularly when he was trying to tackle. I, I was seeing a lot of uh, issues wrapping up in the run game, which to be fair, he's playing the SEC, so it's a high level of competition. But just a concern for me that left him a little bit off of mine. But again, only because this class is so loaded. So I definitely like Taylor. 
Zach, you got any, anything you want to say on Alante Taylor or we want to jump into your top 10? Oh uh, yeah. Just briefly speaking on Taylor, like I was not a fan, just, I didn't really watch his 2020 tape. I've definitely caught some 2021 games and thought he looked pretty physical. I know a lot of coaches preach, you know, his work ethic, you know, his, uh, run defensibility, which isn't the most valuable part of being a cornerback, but he's a guy who I think at least like if he struggles in coverage, which I still believe he does at times, then he could be a special teams contributor. But moving on to my number 10 guy, going to stay in the SEC, and we're going to go down to Auburn and look at a guy, Roger McCreary, my number one slot cornerback in this class. McCreary is a senior. He's listed six feet tall, 190 pounds. Four or five flat 40, I'm pretty sure those numbers aren't verified, but he's a guy who in the slot has just been a coverage demon. You know, I like his feet. He's got very quick hips. Um, He's just a very fundamentally sound player, and he's one of those cornerbacks that that the Auburn Tigers have always relied upon. He doesn't give up a lot of yardage, doesn't give up a lot of plays, has good long speed, good instincts. One of the major problems or one of the major concerns with McCreary is that um, looking at his measurables, nine inch hands, but only 29 and five eighth inch arms. So mm. that might knock him off some boards just for that reason alone. But I think that would be a mistake because, you know, he's put together at least three years of good college tape against arguably the best competition in the sport. And he's just completely bowled out. And I think he could be a. Really good asset for any secondary in the NFL if teams look past his arm length. Yeah, I agree with that. McCreary, especially watching last year, he was one of my favorite players to watch. It just came down to do I love him on the in, t- in the inside? I don't know because I haven't seen him there, and I didn't think he was you know remarkably physical. I had a bit of concerns how he'd hold up in the slot, and is he big enough playing the outside? I don't know. It does concern me, but man, watching him, he's smooth. He's a really smooth player. He does everything right. I mean, you can make a case that he's the best college cornerback in the SEC right now for how he's playing. He's playing like it. Mm-hmm. So he's another one of those guys where he was actually the last guy off of my list. I, I really, really like him. Just scared me a little bit, I guess, with some of the size stuff because it really does matter at position. My top 10 guy. Some guy that before I started studying for this, I had never even heard of in my life. Jaquan McMillian, not McMillan, McMillian. Uh, he's at East Carolina, cornerback over there. Can't get a confirmed size weight on him. Uh, he's either some, he's somewhere between 5'9", 160, and 5'10", 180. I have no idea. He is not that big. What he is is incredibly, incredibly productive at uh, – Supposedly runs a sub 44540. I don't have a confirmed time, but pretty much every site has him at that. Plus, plus athlete. He gets up in the air. I do have a confirmed 40 of him in high school, which is a 4.54, which, as most people know, tends to go down by almost uh, 0.2 seconds. So, should be right in that range, maybe even a sub 44. Who knows? He's definitely added some weight since then. Been targeted 49 times this year, only given up 24 receptions for 228 yards. Nine forced incompletions, seven pass breakups, four interceptions, which is the same as he had last year. And dude is just frustrating everyone. When I watched him, I was really reminded of Dante Jackson on the Panthers, where he's a smaller guy, but I think he has a chance to play outside. I really do. Uh, He's physical. 
Uh, definitely can get washed in the run game a bit because he is smaller, has a hard time getting off certain blocks. But he is a ball hawk. He's productive. His head is on the quarterback. He's really, really good eyes watching the cornerback. And he can get up. He can get up and he plays at the catch point like he's a bit taller than he is. I don't know. I, I was really, really impressed. I, I think if you could tell me for sure that he's 5'10", 180, and maybe has a chance to get to 5'10", 185, and I had to confirm runtime, I might have him a lot higher. He was second-round grade for me. I, I really, really liked him. Have you guys seen this guy at all? I mean, I have not. I have not. It, it's three straight years of just plus-plus production, too. It's not a new thing. He's He's been pretty phenomenal. So I believe he's PFF's number one graded cornerback in all of college football, to be honest. Last oh. time I checked, I was looking at the grades. So, I mean, he must be playing well. Got to definitely try and get some eyes on Jaquan McMillan. Yeah, so he was, a, he was a guy that really, really jumped for me personally when I watched him. And, uh, again, it's just – you know, getting confirmation because if he's five nine, one sixty five, 165, that does change the evaluation quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I loved him. I loved him personally. Kellen. I'm at number nine. About number nine a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just speak briefly on, on McCreary, he, who Roger McCreary is my number nine corner right now. Um, I think that we talk about plus plus production. I think that every year in college football, he's gotten better. I think that his 2021 right now is better than his 2020, which was also a pretty good season for him. I didn't think he was much of a top hundred player uh, based off of summer scouting, watching that 2020 tape. But as we get into it right now, I think he has undoubtedly played his way into top 10 corners into a top hundred player. You know, I think he plays a little bit bigger than what he is actually. And I don't think he looks five eleven, almost six feet. I think, Right now, it's 5'11 and three quarters is, is his official uh, measurements that I have. And I don't think he looks that big on tape, but I think he plays that big. And so when we do talk about him sliding inside the nickel, if he can bring that physicality with him, which I don't think is a strong part of his game, and I do think that you're right, Alex, that smoothness that he brings is where he really excels. But if he can play and, and be that reliable nickel, um, as far as, you know, being an NFL corner, guys want to fit him into the run. You know, that, that's a really valuable thing now with the way that offenses are, are going in the NFL. So if you can get that reliable guy, I think McCreary is going to be a guy that a lot of teams are going to look for on day two to be their starting nickel right away. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. I just – I kind of want to see it before I put him in my top ten. And, you know, what's the value of a nickel? But, man, it's, it's hard to really pick apart any flaws in his tape. It's really just more of those measurables. So it sucks to knock a guy for that. And I'm glad you guys put him in there because I love watching him play. Zach, got a productive player at number nine right here. Uh, I know this is one of your guys, so I'm excited to hear you break him down. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorite prospects, not one of the top cornerbacks, obviously I have him in nine, but um, it's just such a good class. But I'm really a big fan of Jermaine Waller from Virginia Tech. Uh, listed at six feet, uh, six eights, only 180 pounds. I do believe he put on some weight projected to run a four five one. Uh, this was a guy in 2019 played alongside Caleb Farley and he had 13 pass breakups. You know, I look at a guy like J Jermaine Waller. He's primarily a left outside cornerback. Definitely ha has the, uh, requisite length and height for the position. I don't have verified measurables. Um, athleticism is awesome. You know, fluid hips, change of direction skills are awesome. He really specializes in zone coverage and my ability. You know, I felt his instincts were sharp and he displays, you know, adequate effort when making a play on the ball. And the main concern that people are going to have with him, obviously I mentioned 180 pounds, like 
worry about him getting bullied by bigger, wider receivers. But I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was a very, like, sly mover. He doesn't allow the receiver to bully him. Run defense isn't that great. But uh, I was interested in him watching his 2019 and one game of 2020 tape over the summer, seeing how he would operate as the Hokies CB1. And he's excelled so far. Like, this is a... I don't know if he's a round one guy, but he's day two for me all the way. I just feel like he's one of the more slept on cornerbacks in this class. And one of my honorable mentions, uh, Jermaine, well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't know if there's much that I can really add to it. Alex, you can go ahead if you want to do that. Yeah, I just think I'll kind of explain the reason why I left him off my list. And he would have been in my honorable mentions if I wasn't looking at your guys and trying to come up with some different names. But uh, my concern watching him is he's definitely long. He's he's definitely got the length there. He's quick. He does have nice hips. He's been productive. There's been a couple off snaps, but I mean that's the case for almost all cornerbacks right now. It's pretty impossible to play the position perfectly at this level. He looked thin to me, and I saw him get washed in the run game a couple times. And that was my concern: is can you have this guy on the field on first and second downs? I, I'm not sure that you can right now. And if he adds bulk, does he keep all the other traits? I think that was my concern with him personally. But I liked him a lot. He's a good player. Again, this is a very loaded class. I could see him being a third-round pick and still have him out of my top ten. He's also dealt with some, uh, you know, lower body, low, excuse me, lower body injuries that kind of derailed his 2020 season. And I will admit, like, his shoulders are probably one of the more narrow set of shoulders. Like, he needs to do some shrugs or something. Like, he still <laughs> needs to put weight on, but – he really, he really has been productive, and I really like him. I think he's, you know, excelled given the opportunity that's been presented upon him. Yeah, I get that 100%. And, again, it's just a loaded class, man. There are some guys, there are some guys that have first-round traits that are not on this list at all for anybody. So mm-hmm. it, it's a loaded, loaded class. Uh, my number nine, one of my personal favorite players in the class, I, I think you guys definitely know because we're in a group chat together. I was all about Martin Anderson in this offseason. I was trying to get anybody and everybody to get eyes on him. I was blown away with him last year. He was phenomenal, especially against Georgia and Alabama. Just looked phenomenal. Former high school wide receiver, converted to a safety his junior year. And then next thing you know, first year on campus at Mississippi State in the SEC, he's playing outside cornerback as a true freshman. Looked phenomenal as a sophomore. Still learning the position a little bit. I wouldn't call him the freakiest athlete on this list. It's about 6'2", 200 pounds. Probably going to run somewhere in the mid four fives. But monster in the run game. I would say, without a doubt, he's the best and most physical tackler in the run game. He's long enough that he can get off blocks easily. Crashes down, wraps up really well. You can tell he's a converted safety. It's just going to come down to can he keep up with NFL wide receivers? I don't know for sure. He's He hasn't had to play true match particularly often against receivers in the SEC. They kind of have a weird defensive scheme in Mississippi State. He's kind of switching back and forth between playing man and zone. Sometimes he'll get his back turned. I, I don't know that he's quite ready to be a dominant quarterback from day one in the NFL. But I, I think that if you want a good run defending, cornerback two with some good length. They can play a little bit of man and zone. Let you kind of scheme up whatever you want to do. Emerson's your guy for that. I don't know. I, I really liked him. I came away pretty hyped up on the player, hyped up on the person. I think there's untapped upside and that he's literally only been playing position for two and a half years. 
think he has decent ball skills that he hasn't had a chance to show too much yet. But uh, I liked Emerson a lot, and he's performed in the SEC from true freshman on. So I don't know. Anyone else want to say anything about Emerson before we move on? Um, I don't believe Kellen watched him. I did not. Mistaken. So, yeah, I did not. Speak for you. Um, no, yeah, he's a, li- he's a little higher on my list, so I'll, w- I'll wait to touch on him a little bit. But definitely agree with a lot of what you said, you know, regarding the run defense. And, yeah, the speed could be a concern. He's uh, projected to run a 4-5-6, which isn't a stock killer, but it's definitely not ideal. Just barely under that threshold, which makes me a little nervous because if he runs a little bit slower than that, then you get concerned if it's a four six or below. Better of three cone. Your number eight player is a uh, my number eight. Yeah, go ahead. I'll uh, uh, I, a Caleb I was Evans. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say a player that uh, the hype around the league seems to be higher than I personally had on it. But I'm, I'm really interested to hear your take on him. Uh, yeah, I, I th- you know a Caleb Evans is is he's at Missouri right now, but a guy who really sprung into the conversation after game one of 2020 when he was at Tulsa and really kind of shut down Tylen Wallace, a guy who it, I think is physical in the run game, a guy who does a really good job of mirroring and man coverage. That I think a Caleb Evans right now is a pure man coverage cornerback, um, but it, the problems come with him in zone. Right, he has no career interceptions. I think the ball skills are kind of lacking in that area. He's about six foot two, right? Great size for an NFL corner, and I think he's fast enough to run with a lot of guys. I don't know what his projected forty is, but I would say like we're talking like. I don't know, maybe mid four or five. So nothing great. But like you said, Alex, I mean, probably you would love him to be a little bit faster than that. Um, but a, a guy who can really use his length to his advantage, right? And I think that's why right now he's that that great man cover corner. Um, but based on the 2020 tape alone of him at Tulsa, uh, I thought he very much showed that he could be a top 10, if not top five corner in the class, especially with his size. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of... Um, versatility in his game, right? Like, I think he's strictly a perimeter corner. doesn't matter. I think if you put him on the boundary to the field. Uh, but this this year, his tape uh, in in this conference, right, playing at Missouri, going to be in the SEC, his tape this year is going to mean a lot more than anything we've seen in the past. But I do think that if he can keep it up, we're looking at a, a day two guy, probably a round two guy in a Caleb Evans, who, once again, I think he can play the run. I think he's a good physical guy on the outside. It's just – can he maintain that focus in zone? Is he getting lost? Can he communicate? Can he stay where he's supposed to be? Can he pick up guys that are coming in and out? And can those ball skills improve a little bit? We got to see him, you know, at least make a little bit more play uh, on the ball when it comes to him. But for right now, um, that's number eight for me in this corner class. Yeah, I get it. And he definitely has the size. People say he's a freak athlete. I think you kind of spoke to my concern there, which is, no, uh, I just yeah, you were guessing that. four four five five. People are saying he's going to run like a 4-4, like flat sometimes. And that, you know, freak athlete. I didn't see it on tape. And that was my big concern is that, okay, if he's if he's at a level athlete, how's it going to work? I think you pointed out exactly what it is, though, is what's your scheme? If you're running a man-specific scheme, if you're a team like the Page or something like that, I can definitely see him being higher on your list. I think that coming over, he was, uh, was he, by the way, from Tulsa to Missouri, I think there's two – that's a big competition level change. So I think you can excuse a little bit of flaws a little bit as you adjust that level of competition. I don't know too much about the Missouri defensive back coaching room, but it doesn't necessarily strike me as a, you know, DBU type where they're coaching up everyone. So maybe there's untapped potential. Just another casualty for me of this tremendous overall class, I think. Yeah. But uh, 
yeah, a lot of people really like him, man. I've, I've seen a lot of buzz for him going early in the second round. So yeah. it's just a loaded class. Zach, you to go next. You're number eight. Let's hear it. Yeah, so my number eight guy, um, I'm probably a little lower on him than the consensus, but I have Sauce Garner from Cincinnati as my number eight guy. Just going to dive into the measurables super quickly. Uh, very tall and long corner, six foot two, 188 pounds, runs a four five. And I don't dislike Sauce Garner. I just don't see that top 15, maybe even sometimes like top 10 hype as a prospect that he receives. Um, Garner is a blanket in coverage. I will give him that. My biggest concern with him, and it's something that I believe Alex had brought up to me before I watched him, before we even started the podcast, and I was like, oh, I got to watch out for this, I guess. Like, there's a good chance this dude leads the NFL in, like, holding penalties, PIs, this rookie year. Because he's one grabby motherfucker. Like, seriously. (laughs) There were times where the whistle was not blown on him. Uh, And it's kind of frustrating, to be honest, because it's not like this is a bad player, like, trying to be like, oh, shit, like, I'm struggling and stuff. Like, he has the physical tools. He has the length. He has that hip fluidity. He has that, you know, high football IQ instincts. And it just seems like, you know, bad habit. And it's something that hasn't really fallen you know, from his, it hasn't really affected his stock negatively, in my opinion. And it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of confuses me. Like I said, he's not really a bad player. I think he's scheme versatile. I think he could be, you know, a benefit to pretty much any NFL defensive scheme. But I just worry about if the jump from college to the NFL, and we know corners take probably out of all the positions, maybe first or second longest to adjust to the NFL. I just wonder if his will take a little longer than many have anticipated. Yeah, and I think I think we're both gonna be talking about Sauce Gardner a little bit later. So mm-hmm. uh we won't we don't have to get too much in there. I'm just gonna add a little tidbit. This class is the only class I can think of that has two nicknames like this in the same class. You got Sauce Gardner and then you got Tayland. Big Sauce Humphrey, who's a defensive tackle from uh, Louisiana. So you got a sauce and a big sauce, and I just I think that's an amazing <laughs> combination right now. Uh, I just wanted to – I came across that on the freaks list. Uh, when I was looking that over, I was like, all right, that's amazing. I got to bring that up on the pod. Uh, I want to talk about Sauce Gardner's teammate because when I was watching Sauce, I was kind of blown away by how Kobe Bryant looked in – Man, Cincinnati is just turning out defensive backs. Last year, they had two very good safeties that I was high on, both of them. Uh, This year, they got two cornerbacks. Kobe Bryant, uh, spelled differently, but same name. Nice, big outside cornerback. 6'1", 200. Not sure what level of athlete he is exactly. I think he's expected to run in the low 4.5s. He's not a freak athletically. I'm going to say that. But he's fast enough. He's going to be under the thresholds. Physical in the run game. About 31-inch arm, so not crazy big, but not crazy small. Been very, very productive this year. Been targeted 39 times, 16 receptions allowed, so shutting things down. Only 223 yards over that, no touchdowns allowed. Broken up nine passes, uh, eight forcing completions, two interceptions, a touchdown on it. Now, phenomenal in the run game, but when I was watching him, of anyone in this entire class for me, Kobe Bryant was the guy – where he was the best at reading the quarterback. 
where he is just phenomenal at, okay, like I've got my back turned and now I know exactly when to turn my head back around. I'm going to get eyes on the ball and I'm going to play the ball like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anyone who even really came close to him at that in this class. And I was just super impressed. I think for me, if he was a guy, if you told me that he was going to run in the low four fours, he's a first round player without a doubt. And I was kind of impressed for someone that I didn't know much about in the draft cycle last year that is, I think, a fifth year senior right now. I mean, just watching him on tape, like, I don't think he has the same athletic traits as Sauce Gardner, but, and he's not playing the wide receiver ones. That's worth noting. He's playing the twos because Sauce is on the other side and people know that name. They're afraid of him. In terms of how he's played this year, I think he's been the best cornerback on that Cincinnati team. So I was really, really impressed with Kobe Bryant. I ended up with a second round grade on him. I, I really liked him. I don't know. Did you guys see him at all when you were watching uh, Gardner or anything like that? A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say like I had enough to to speak on him a lot. One thing that Kobe Bryant does have probably over any other corner in this class is experience. I think he's been a full game, a full year starter for three years now and played in all games his freshman year. So in the thing, if we're counting it, we're counting over 30 college starts. Right. And that's not including the ones that he's going to have in 2021. So you're drafting a guy that has a lot of experience, a guy that's seen a lot of football, granted, at the American Conference level, which is not bad football, right? Where, you know, Memphis has turned out really good receivers. SMU, Houston have turned out really good receivers. UCF has been a really good football team, obviously. So it's not like Kobe Bryant is seeing bad receivers, um, but, you know, he's seen it all at, at this point, and he's going to have one more year to do it. And you're right. I don't think the tools are anywhere near a sauce gardener, but but you are looking at a guy who can definitely fill in for your for your team. Yeah. yeah, I did not. I did not watch him, to be honest. Um, probably I have obviously caught glimpses of him when watching Gardner, but yeah, probably gonna have to dive into that tape. He was yeah one of the big jumps from last year to this year for me when I was watching his tape. So just I've played the having played the position in the past. I just love someone who can get their eyes on the quarterback while they're running backwards like that, and just because it was something that I struggled to do. So I really really liked him. Now, Kellen, I've, I've been excited for this breakdown for a while since I had you on. I know this was your guy in the offseason. And, uh, yeah, I've, this is probably the most excited I've been of anyone that you're breaking down so far. So, yeah, let's get into number seven. Yeah, so my number seven is, is Nehemiah Pritchett, the cornerback from Auburn. And, Alex, I, I don't know. I think you were there for this scouting meeting we had at, at the Draft Bible when I first brought him up. And, and at that point, when I brought him up, I thought he was the third best corner. Uh, this is before the 2021 season started. I thought he was the third best corner in the country behind Derek Stingley and Andrew Booth, um, who obviously I'll get into later. But I thought he was I thought he was up there. I thought he was like that. I still think he's better than Roger McCreary. Based, I don't think he's played better than Roger McCreary. I think right now Roger McCreary is a better college football cornerback. But when I see Nehemiah Pritchett, I'm looking at a guy that is just showing what he knows how to do, but doesn't really – understand how good he can be because he doesn't trust himself one of the but before i get into what i really like about him the worst thing about nehemiah pritchett is you'll see it on his film against john mechie and Devonte smith from last year he can hang with these guys down the field right he might not be stride for stride but he's maybe a step behind a half a step behind you can play the ball when you're like that right you just got to trust it you got to keep your eyes on it and just play through the hands right you might not be able to make a pick you know on the play but he's getting way too grabby down the field. He's not trusting he can he can make the play. He's not trusting his speed. And you'll see it. Uh, there's one play against Devontae Smith in 2020 where he's there, but he just grabs him for no reason. And I just think if he can learn how to how to get over that, if he can trust himself to get over that, 
he's going to be great, but he's a long corner. He's got long arms. He's really good at, at mirroring guys. He doesn't really press a lot, even though he's got the length to do it. And I think he's strong enough. And he looks pretty thick on film. I wouldn't say he's like uh, super built, but he looks pretty. He's fluid and he's strong. I wouldn't say he's extremely twitchy, um, but he does have that, that that in his game where he's turning and he's breaking, uh, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and I dropped him to number seven. I think he's taking a little bit of a step back. I didn't really chart a pass caught on him outside of one against Georgia. I watched four games of his 2020, Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. And I, ca- I charted one pass caught on him in man coverage. Um, and so he hasn't kept that up this year. Uh, Lad McConkey, or I think that's his name from Georgia, really kind of got on him this year. Um, so I do think that it's kind of taken a step back. But if he, if he can stay another year – and really be a, a really big name in next year's corner class. And I think TDN just dropped their top hundred and he's in that list now. Um, but I think he's farther along than Noah Igmanogany was at this point in his career, who ended up being a first round pick. I don't think Pritchett is a first round guy at this point, but I do have a pretty solid second on him. Um, and that's saying a lot considering he's number seven and we still got, you know, six more guys I'm going to get into, but Alex, Zach, you, I know Zach told me, you know, you weren't as big on him, but I just think as far as projecting him to the NFL level, what he can be, and I do think he's versatile. I do think he could play a little bit in nickel, and I think he's physical enough to do that. I wouldn't say he's a beast in the run game, but he does come up and fill. He does come up and shuck receivers by um, as far as, you know, stacking them. So um, we'll see how he continues to grow, and I think he'll have a big decision if he wants to go to the NFL draft or stay for another year. I got one question for you real quick, and then I'm going to let Zach dive into this because I know he's got some strong opinions over there. But uh, what, what do you think he weighs? Because I've seen his listed weight, and it, it sounds like you're describing different than it, and I don't know his official weight. He's, he's, he's 180, right? And he in, in, um, like I said, I think he looks thicker on film. Like you're 6'1", 180, like that's not a lot. Like I think I'm 185. Like I'm a pretty solid guy, not to toot my own horn, but I'm bigger than him. <laughs> and – um, but I just think he plays bigger than that. Uh, I think he can afford to put on more weight than that. I don't think he'll lose a lot of fluidity. I think his hips are his best part of his game right now. Uh, I don't think his recognition skills are uh, amazing yet. I think they're above average. But like I said, I just think there's so much for him to improve on. That and one of them is his weight. I think he'll ru- he'll probably run like a a four or five. Um, but he's a strider, so I think that's a little that's that's kind of okay, especially when we're talking about a guy running down the field. So. I, you're right. I, I, you know, the weight is a bit of a, a concern. Um, but like I said, I just think that projecting him, maybe what he can be at the NFL level, I think that's what I'm so excited about. Yeah, definitely. Um, listen, um, I'm not like a huge Nehemiah Pritchett hater. Like Alex has, Alex has noted a noted thinking, hater. Alex has the listeners thinking like I have this guy as like a UDFA grade. <laughs> And that's just and that doesn't even qualify true. for UDFA. Shouldn't be playing college football. That's NFL <laughs> at underscore underscore deets. <laughs> nah, but my my thing with Pritchard when I watch him is he kind of just like I literally just talked about the flaws that I had watching Sauce Gardner, and I watched Pritchard and listen, man, the tools are there. Like this guy is a good athlete. Kellen, you said you might you think he runs like a four or five. He's a long strider. I think he's even faster than that. Like, I think he could get in that four, four range. He's got really good tools, good length and stuff. It's just, it goes to this debate that I have and it's the way I evaluate prospects. Like I know this is completely different, but it's kind of a prevalent issue now. Like 
two completely different positions, but the Austin Jackson situation, even when he got drafted as a tackle for the Dolphins, like this was a guy who, if you were building a left tackle in a lab, Austin Jackson would pop out, just like physically with the athleticism and those traits. But he just hasn't, he never produced in college. And when you draft a guy that high and he's just, you're just betting on traits and he hasn't even like shown glimpses of being like solid with it. I'm not saying that about Pritchett, but I I just expected more watching his tape. I thought it was a little grabby. Mm -hmm. I thought, um, you know, he kind of looked a little lost. The football IQ was not really on that level that I had expected, but I definitely don't think he's a bad player. And, you know, if I were to post, like, all my rankings, I've watched, like, 27 corners. I think he's, like, my CB16. But we've talked about how it's, like, a very deep class. All 10 of these guys here have at least day two grades for me. Yeah. So, I mean, if I have Pritchett as, like, a fourth-round developmental guy that I think has a pretty high ceiling, like, I'm not super low on him. But I just I just did not see enough on tape that warranted him being in my top 10. One one thing that I really value when I watch corners, and it's one of the reasons I had J.C. Horn number one in 2021, is is patience in their backpedal. If you can stay patient going backwards against guys who, who are really running at you, and he's playing against guys that, that are really well-coached receivers and just talented overall, I think that he stays super patient and it allows him to make up for that lack in reaction time. And I think that keeping his hips, you know, square to the line of scrimmage, square to his receiver for as long as he possibly can and still being able to play them through their stem, through whatever branch they're making in whatever direction. I really value that in this game. I really value that in any corners game, but I think he does it better than anyone I've seen when I watch corners. So that's why he's so high for me, even though he, he's kind of dropped for me. But like I said, it, it's all kind of projection with him. I do think his tape is still decent um, as far as I'm talking so much about his traits. But uh, I've talked so much about him, Alex. You can kind of you can go ahead now. <laughs> I've got a quick, quick little thing on him is that I think particularly at cornerback, you have to have that just kind of natural feel ability where you're doing something without thinking. But you also have to have that ability to think really quickly and be ahead of the game. And I think that's where Pritchett falls short for me. It was just I, I like the idea of him staying another year and seeing what he could be in that class, just because I think. The errors I was seeing were all mental errors for the most part. But I think he really does have that natural feel. I also want to see him add a bit more weight and just see what that looks like as athletically. But, man, between McCreary and him, you have one of the most natural cornerbacks in the class and one of the smartest, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to see him get a little bit coached up by McCreary on the sideline there. That being said, we've talked about Nehemiah Pritchett for a long, long time now. We can move on. We can move on. I apologize. But, uh, hey, he's a fun player, and you know it's it's good discussion. It is good discussion here. Zach, who is your number seven player? Shout out to my guy. Uh, yeah, one of Alex's supposed guys, Martin Emerson, my number seven cornerback. Went to the measurables before, and you know I'll speak briefly on him. Alex alluded to a lot of it. Probably one of the. I wouldn't say the best because the best run defending corner is a little higher on my list, but definitely is one of the best. I do worry about the athleticism with him. I think he's a strictly uh, man. He looks solid off-hand coverage as well, but the thing with Emerson is the long speed. And just a quick question because I'm blanking. Wasn't he the guy that got burned by, like, Seth Williams last year? Was that him? Do you remember that clip of, like, him taunting Seth Williams? And or someone was taunting. Oh, that might have been. He just got burned. I honestly think it was. But regardless, he gave up. Um, 
he gave up one bit. I don't. I don't know though, because he only gave up like two hundred yards all year last year. I don't even know. I don't even know if you. I don't even know if you guys know. What I, I vaguely like. remember what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember if that was him or not, though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but the long speed is a concern to me. But he he definitely is one of the more fundamentally sound cornerbacks in this class. As long as he is not pushing like a four six, I will not be worried about him. But I definitely think he's a scheme specific guy. But his highs are some of the high highest in this class. Like he just seems like a very safe, de- dependable player, one that you could put into a man coverage heavy scheme and let him flourish. That was Seth Williams, by the way. I just looked it up. Um, they yeah, went back and so forth that entire game. Just yeah. going back to that quickly. If Seth Williams is burning you on a nine route, then yeah, you might have some. Athletes. He he kind of he he kind of threw he him shut by down at Pickens, the release though too. Yeah. yeah. So it's weird. Like, and I mean, he gave up. I think two catches for like eleven yards against Alabama last year. Like, no, yeah. that was just he's one of those weird player. things. Listen, man, he's a uh, he's probably gonna be a fringe top 50 guy on my board like i love martin emerson i think he's a stud but like i said scheme specific i think that agree you know kind of does not i don't think that bumps him in that round one combo oh no as much i I love him but not in this class martin emerson second round pick Mm. old seahawks old seahawks 100 percent uh they're drafting they're they're trying to start two guys that are 5 10 185 and quick right now and that's what they're doing and it's been better so I don't know what Seattle's doing for the most part, but uh, my number seven guy was someone I did not expect to be this high on, but did end up giving uh, almost a almost a fringe first round grade on. I was real close to giving a fringe first round, definitely a top fifty grade. Darian Kendrick, I really liked him, and I did not mm-hmm. expect to because I I don't say I hated him or anything at uh, Clemson, but I, I didn't think he looked this good, and I think. Well, there's some red flags here. I mean, he got kicked off Clemson. He's a former five-star wide receiver. But I, I think without the red flags, I think I probably would have given him a first-round grade. He just he looks phenomenal. And, I mean, the Georgia defense, it helps, right? He's got studs all around him every position. The blitz is getting after the quarterback every single snap. So he's been helped a bit. That being said, he's played a lot. He's only been targeted 16 times which means that he is just not giving up good looks at all. And on those 16 targets, only five receptions, 97 yards. He missed one tackle that led to a long game, but is what it is. He's not, for a five-star athlete, he's not a guy that I expect to be super fast. He does have some nice vertical ability. He can play at the catch point, but he's not the level of uh, like receiving threat that's going to pick passes off that I expected. But what he is very, very physical and just locked down. He is in your hip pocket the entire time. One of the highest forcing completion rates in college football right now, 25% forcing completion rate, which again, he's only been targeted 16 times. So they're only throwing at him when they think that they've got a receiver open Four pass breakups as well, an interception and just been absolute lockdown. I mean, he's given up less than a reception a game playing in the SEC against some good teams. I, I said missed tackle. He didn't have missed tackle, blown coverage. Has zero missed tackles on the year, been very sure tackler. I don't know that I'd call him a freak in the run defense game, but he's not bad. He's holding up better than I expected because I thought he was kind of soft at Clemson, to be honest with you. I don't know. He's, he's a guy for me where they got him into Georgia, and he looks like he has really, really jumped. And watching his tape actually kind of made me adjust where I had another Clemson cornerback right now. 
who uh, I had some concerns and some uh, big loves about. So, yeah, I, I was blown away by Darian Kendrick, man. I did not expect him to be this good. Uh, anyone else want to say anything on Kendrick? I know uh, he's coming up on at least one other list. Both of them. Yeah, both right? lists. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, he's coming up pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. We don't need to go too much in, but, yeah, I like Darian Kendrick quite a bit here. Kellen, there's someone that you like slightly more than I liked uh, Darian Kendrick because you're number six player. Mikhail Wright, yeah, my my Oregon cornerback. Um, I, I actually, um, when I first watched this tape um, from when I'm watching Fresno State from this year, I, I'm not really super blown away by it, right? I'm not super blown away by what I what I see, but I think as you kind of get into it, he's kind of a guy you really have to warm yourself up to. Um, a small corner, I think he's I think he's is it five nine? Let me look. He is five foot eleven. Um, but an outside guy, I don't, I don't know how much we want to compare him to Asante Samuel Jr. I think Asante Samuel Jr. was a little bit smaller, but a guy who I think can play a little bit of inside and outside. Not super physical, and the functional strength is kind of a, a bit of a worry for Mikhail Wright. But when we're projecting him, I think his his feet, his athleticism, his twitch, all that is there. I don't think he's uh, insanely smooth, but I think that's uh, a part of his game that's still above average when we're looking at him as a college player. I wouldn't say he's scheme specific. I would say you're definitely going to want to probably play him in more man structures and zone structures, just because I think that right away, that's where he'll have more success. Um, want to see him use his hands a little bit more at, at the release as far as pressing guys. Cause I think he can do it. This is, I think this is a, a thing we're seeing with a lot of corners now is they just really like to mirror at the line and play that soft press coverage uh, instead of really kind of trying to jam and, and get their hands on guys. Cause it's a very high risk, uh, high reward type of thing, but you're risking a lot against guys at receiver who just know what to do with that. And it's just harder to play corner than it is to play receiver uh, in this day and age. Um, so Mikhail Wright, I think is someone that can really bet on athleticism going in the NFL right away. I think maybe out of all the guys that are not top four for me, he might be the most athletic corner. I think I'd be pretty comfortable saying that. Um, in my opinion, Alex, I see you getting a little smirk over there. I don't know if you uh, agree well, with that. I, or not, I forgot but. you hadn't seen, uh, I forgot you hadn't seen Kyler Gordon. I have not yet. I have and not. And I was like, Ooh, more yeah. athletic than Kyler Gordon. Yeah. Okay. I have not. But. I have not watched either of the UW corners for anyone listening. Um, but yeah, I think Mikhail Wright is, like I said, I've said what I said about him. Um, I think he's an outside guy. I think he can play inside. But like I said, the functional strength is a bit of a concern if you want him to play nickel. So I think it's best you keep him at outside. And I think it's best you play him at field corner. Um, so we'll see how he does the rest of the year, too. And, and it's a lot like we're, we're talking about Kendrick playing behind a really good defense. We're talking about a guy. Um, and Mikhail Wright, who has Verone McKinley at safety, who has the best player, Kayvon Thibodeau, rushing the pass for Justin Flo, uh, Noah Sewell playing linebacker. So he's another guy playing in a defense that really helps him out uh, and, and allows him to play as comfortable as he does. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that I'm going to get like tagged with, a, oh, I'm a UW fan. I'm going to automatically hate Oregon players. That's not true. That's not yeah. true. De- Devon Holland <laughs> was my safety one in the class. I actually Oregon puts out a lot of talent. There's no Devon way around Holland it. I just love, yes, I just love to see them get out of the school. Uh, that being said, right, man, I think he needs to stay in college. I was not impressed by him. I do think the athleticism that you're talking about that's there. He's a tremendous athlete. He's a smaller guy, and he, I, I think I saw him get washed in the run game quite a bit. Already yeah. six missed tackles this year. Mm-hmm. But my big big concern 
was that when I saw him against NFL wide receivers, which is the Ohio State game, and it doesn't matter who you're covering in that game, you're going up against NFL wide receiver, even for the freshmen on there. They're all NFL wide receivers. Yeah. He got beat bad, man. Yeah. He got beat bad. He didn't look like he belonged on the field. So when you have someone who I don't think you can put him on the field on a rundown, I, I don't think he holds up well at all there. He's not big enough. He might. He He's not like someone who shies away from contact tremendously for me, but – He's someone who just got overpowered, and that's in you know Pac-12 play. He gets overpowered a lot. I struggled with if you can't do that, and you can't have him match a you know good route runner like Chris Olave, which there's a lot of in the NFL. Yeah, I struggle to see where you can play him early on. So for me, he's someone who I thought his 2019 tape might have been better than his 2021, which makes me concerned about projecting him out to develop in the NFL. And I do think that they do have a very good secondary coaching staff in Oregon. I think they've turned out a tremendous amount of good talent there that has gotten better each year. So that's my concern. But Here, here's where I go ahead. Actually, I'll let you finish it. Yeah. Last thing I was going to say is just athleticism matters a ton at the cornerback position. There's no way around that. You either have it if you don't. And if you don't, you have to be special to even be on the field. So he has that. There's no doubt he has that. See, I'm gonna I think you're gonna like this as a Washington fan. I, I think Oregon, as far as when we look at their talent that they get versus the level of coaching that I see from them is probably among the worst in the country when we talk about as far as game planning and as far as just their rules on defense and offense for that matter too. I hate mm -hmm. it. I hate it. I hate it. And I think that we see it, uh, you know, Justin Herbert is the easy one to look at, right? But I think a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say missed on Javon Holland because he's halfway through his rookie year. But me and, you know, you had him safety one, I had him safety two. A lot of guys did not like Javon Holland. I just think that Oregon is not putting their guys in <laughs> good positions to win on defense. We look at, well, I think it might have been the first touch on the Ohio State game. Guys are looking at their wristbands, you know, on the sideline. You can't do that stuff. Like, there's just certain things with coaching that, that anger me because you have this talent, you have so much talent on defense. And I think you're just not putting your guys in the right position to win, whether that's even when it comes to like linebackers and, and being having the flats and communicating with their corners, which I think was a big problem with Mikhail Wright in, in, in zone coverage is I think he's letting guys cross his face and stop right in front of him. And he's just like, dude, like go play the ball, like go play the receiver. And he's just not doing it. I don't know. I don't, I, I give Mikhail Wright more credit than him just like not being mentally aware to go make a play. But I, I think a lot of that is on Oregon coaching, which I think is why this projection for me is why I have him so high on my list. I get where you're coming from, man. It's good. It's just there's so many good corners. There's going to be people that Absolutely. deserve to be on top tens that are left off for all of us. It's just Absolutely. the way it is because more people deserve to be top ten than there are spots. Uh, last thing I want to say, I've been noted quite a bit on this podcast saying that Kayvon Thibodeau is not a generational talent as it is. Man, since he's been back these last two weeks, that's been legit generational play right there. That's He has been on real the last two weeks and just since i've said that said something about negative about an oregon player i want to throw that out there because my goodness he has been unreal all right zach i will let you go in on your number six player yeah no problem uh just to briefly touch on michael right because he did make my honorable mention list like he i'm probably in between both you guys in my opinion on him definitely think he's small good athlete his 2019 tape he was definitely better against the run than this year but yeah I definitely agree with Kellen on his point that I don't believe Oregon puts their players sometimes in the best position to, you know, enhance their perceived value. But nonetheless, number six, Darion Kendrick, 
from Georgia. Alex talked about him before. Um, going into his measurables, he's listed about six feet tall, 5'11 and a half, 190. Projected to run a 4'5'4. Four, four. I think he looks a little faster than that on tape. Now, obviously, off the field concerns are going to be a major problem with Kendrick. He was arrested back in March with a, I believe it was a gun charge. That charge got expunged, but. One thing that I've read about and seen is that coaches love this guy. Like, this is a guy that, yeah, you know, maybe he's a bit of a knucklehead. Maybe he made a few mistakes, but he's definitely not, like, a bad person. So, and the work ethic. I've seen, you know, quotes from coaches during his time at Georgia saying he's arguably the most important player on that defense. Like, he's a true leader in that secondary, which is saying a lot given how just absolutely freaking berserk that defense is. But the thing I like about Kendrick is his all-around game. He's a guy who, you know, I really did not like his 2019 tape. I'm sure neither of you guys really did either. But so far this year in his limited snaps, I was able to get my hands on a couple Georgia games from this year. And I just saw a player who, you know, realizes his talent. He's scheme versatile. Yep. Really looks adept in zone. Good in in that instincts. Uh, man coverage skills have improved. And... Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's making the most of, like, his second opportunity, basically, because he was falling out of favor at Clemson, you know, transferred to Georgia, another big program. Got into a little trouble, as I alluded to, but I'm rooting for Darion Kedrick, man. He seems like a good kid trying to do the right thing, and he's improved his game. And I definitely agree with what Alex had said. Like, this guy was, you know, clean off the field. He would be a first-round lock, in my opinion. So I'm a big Darion Kedrick fan. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Great analysis. I, <laughs> well, I already, I already gave my analysis on yeah, Kendrick. Yeah. I know Kellen is I'll going to be quick to get, when I bring him up. Yeah, I'll be quick. Yeah, exactly. So it's just don't want to steal anyone's time right now. Uh, <laughs> want to go into my number six guy who, man, I, I had a, like literally from six through one, I had a tough time. Like just ordering these guys. This is a hell of a class. This, this is the start of my like first round grades for me. Uh, I didn't really expect you Kyler Gordon a first round grade coming into this year, by the way, but Kyler Gordon is my guy six foot two Oh five. I mean, you can make case. He's the best athlete in this whole class. Uh, he's, you know, I second. Might have, I agree with you on that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, Stingley I is a freak, but, Stingley. but you know, second year on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Six foot, gained up. He came in at 190 to campus. He's up to 205 pounds right now. Still a freak athlete. But six foot, 205. He's a big physical corner. Uh, 42 and a half inch vertical. 6.523 cone. Sub 4440. Freak. And he's got weirdly good footwork because he, he actually did ballet for a long time. You can watch him. He'll just <laughs> casually drop and do the splits. Pirouette. I mean, and that, and that does matter playing the ball in the air. Uh I believe it was a Taekwondo. I can't remember some form of a uh, martial arts background as well. And it shows in his special movement skills. I think the issue for me early on with him is he didn't have the footwork or technique required, which is weird for a UW cornerback because for much as I'm frustrated with Jimmy Lake right now, he's one of the best defensive back coaches in the nation, if not the best, he coaches up guys very well. And they tend to put out, you know, guys that are okay athletes, but phenomenally, phenomenally well coached. Mm-hmm. that's not been Gordon so far, but this year he's taken a massive jump starting to look more like a football player and not like an athlete that just has really good movement skills on the field. And that's what's allowed him to actually start as opposed to last year. 
I still don't know how much of an impact he makes year one. That's always a little tough for a cornerback. Doesn't really matter because he might be the best special teams player I've personally ever seen. Definitely the best I've ever seen at UW. I think Jimmy Lake, both Jimmy Lake and uh, Chris Peterson say he's the best athlete they've ever coached. Wow. But every single level, I mean, he's the best gunner I've ever seen. He makes amazing plays on, on kick coverage. Also an incredibly high-end returner. Even if you never play him, he has a chance to be making all pro teams uh, as a starter just because he's that good on special teams. That being said, he's actually been very good this year. Been targeted 28 times, only 13 receptions allowed, 179 yards, no touchdowns, looking a lot more natural. I wouldn't call him a technician by any means, but he's been a lot better. Four forced incompletions, four pass breakups, finally got two interceptions. He hadn't had an interception coming into this year, I don't believe. He's starting to look a bit more natural. For me, having him at six is not uh, this year he is a top six cornerback in the NFL coming in. It's in three years he might be the best cornerback in this class. Uh, The the guy he kind of reminded me of watched him, who similarly at Auburn was freakishly athletic but raw, Jamel Dean is the guy I, I comped him. He's so big, so freakishly athletic, that he's someone that you can put on those true freak wide receivers, and he can, he can match with them. Uh, it's going to come down. He's going to need some, you know, some coaching up still. Uh, I think he's a guy who, you know, selfishly, I would love to see stay another year because I think he would have a chance to go top 10 if he stays in the years and continues to make a similar jump. But that being said, it's tough to turn down going to the NFL. Uh, man, you need athleticism at this position, and he has it in spades. He's really good on special teams. It's ups his value for, I think, just about any coach. And he's getting better. He's showing that improvement finally. So I came away really, really high on Carla Gordon. I want him as a Seahawk, man. That's exactly what we need. And uh, you know what? I've been letting Kellen go next this whole time. I know Kellen hasn't seen Kyler Gordon, but Justin's at such a nice transition. Zach, why don't you go into your number five guy? Yes, sir. Well, I'm really happy you did that, Alex, because it is, in fact, Kyler Gordon from the University of Washington. Um, six feet, 190, projected to run a 439. I think I'll run a little faster than that. Um, as I kind of alluded to while I was cutting you off before, I think he's the best <laughs> athlete at this position in this class, which is saying a load with a guy like Derek Stingley and a couple other guys in this class. Um, Kyler Gordon... I mean, you you basically hit the nail on the head. There's not really much I'm gonna add. The Jamel Dean comp is per the Jamel Dean comp is perfect. Excuse me. Um, he's an athletic freak. He's a guy who I look at and just ability to play at all levels. It's crazy how good he's been. Like his first year, getting legitimate like starting reps, that he's been able to outplay a guy who I have ranked a little higher, and I don't think he's outplaying him by that much, and Trent McDuffie going to get to him, I'm sure, in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, just a freaky athlete guy who, as you alluded to, I do believe Jimmy Lake is the best secondary coach, defensive back coach in all of college football, and he's in good hands, man. He's a um, he's a first-round pick for me. Got five guys, first-round grades. Love to see it. I'll also note his run defense has gotten way better this year. He's a very physical player in the run game. Uh, this class to me, yeah, a, a lot of the top guys in this class, which is kind of rare, are all good in the run game, which you love to see. You just love to see it, especially right now with outside zone having so much prevalence. All right, Kellen, 
let you get to your number five guy. Finally, get to talk about him. Yeah, Darian Kendrick, uh, a guy who who's who's you know, top seven on all our all our boards. But um, I really love. Uh, he's obviously an athlete, right? Five star wide receiver converted to corner. Uh, we're seeing that a lot more now, right? We saw Alante Taylor was another guy. Obviously, we've seen it with Trayvon Diggs, and that's a lazy comp for me. Um, to compare Darian Kendrick to Trayvon Diggs, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't think that the play style is specifically the same, but I do think that um, there's a lot of similarities in, in their athleticism. And when you watch them play the game itself, when you watch how they move, I think there's a lot there. Trayvon Diggs is obviously much more high risk, high reward the way he plays the game. He's going to give up big plays, he's going to make big plays, whatever. But Darian Kendrick, I think, is a really good off man corner because I, that experience at receiver, I think he understands where to line up at, where to where to put his hips at, how his footwork is supposed to be when guys are coming at him. Another guy who's really patient going backwards, and that has really stuck with me more this year watching Georgia 2021 tape than him at Clemson. I wasn't a big fan of Darian Kendrick in 2020. I didn't really have him as a first-round guy um, in last year's draft. Uh, I don't even know if I really would have been comfortable with him in the second. But this year, I think, again, with if, if he's clearing those red flags out, you know, the character isn't really a big issue. I think he could very well be a first-round grade. Um, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top 32 players drafted, right? But a guy who I really like and a guy who's smart enough, I think, and intelligent enough to play zone, right? I think he's very scheme versatile. I think you could put him in whatever you, whatever you want him to, because I, once again, I think he understands exactly what's coming at him, especially this year in Georgia. You get a guy like him whose game is really based off of confidence in that man cover scheme, right? And then you let him kind of flow in zone. I think a lot of guys in corners, especially can really gain a lot by, by uh, excelling in man and then, you know, dropping back in zone as much as they can in games, just because that confidence carries over from play to play, especially when you're as good at it as Darian Kendrick is. So that's what I want to say. My number five corner, probably a fringe round one for me right now, um, even with the red flags, but the tape, I think, especially this year, as it continues to, we continue to get more on him. I think he's a round one guy, late round one. Yeah. I think that was a good breakdown. I think that was a good breakdown right there. Thanks, I think Alex. we all, you're welcome, Kel. That's a very, uh, very pro Darian Kendrick podcast right now, and you love to see it. My number five guy, I, I struggle, man. I, there was times I had him as high as number two on this list, and I ended up at number five. Kyer Elam, uh, he's good. He's a good football player. I mean, there's no way around it. He's a very good football player. I, I think he's top ten on some people's boards overall, not just in this you know quarterback class, obviously, but in the entire class. Six two one ninety five. Should be somewhere in the ballpark of a four or five runner. Very long player. Clearly studies film really well. Uh, looked very good in the Alabama game earlier this year. I think he's very good coming downhill when he's got his eyes in front of in front of him, not have to turn around. He is really good at making plays on the ball. That was one of the biggest things I noticed. He does have a penalty this year, only been targeted 13 times. He hasn't played the full season, though. Uh, seven receptions for 83 yards in that. One of the highest forcing completion rates, though, 31% forcing completion rate. I think that might have been tops, actually, in the NFL. Playing a ton of run defense for some reason. Kind of weird. He's been very good at it. Uh, one of the better players on run defense, I think. But just kind of weird. He's played, like, literally more than half the snaps have been run defense, which makes him kind of a weird person to study. It just kind of comes down to, uh, for me a bit, when I'm watching him, he doesn't look super explosive, and he doesn't always look his best when he's got his back turned to the quarterback. When you're going into the top, like, I mean, this is a solid first-round grade for me, maybe even a top 20 grade, maybe top 15 grade. And that's, like, true, like, not like I think we'll go top 15 in the class, but, like, in a vacuum, top 15 player, class to class, right? 
it's still a bit troubling to not be sure about his long speed. He's going to need a little safety help in the NFL. It's just a concern I don't have for the players there. I, I think that you're talking about who's going to be the best rookie right now. You could definitely make a case that Elam is that guy. It's just, can he hang with those wide receiver ones in the NFL? I don't know. I don't know, and that concerns me a bit going going forward. That being said, very good player, really good instincts. I caught an interview with him where he was talking about players he likes to study, and you kind of get it, you know, they're all going to say, okay, I like to watch Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, you know, those guys. He's talking about Troy Hill, which I thought was amazing because Troy Hill is just, you know, undersized, not a freak athlete, just has to kind of get by with being a smart player. And that's who he wants to watch. To me, that was a big plus for him. I loved hearing that. I think he's a smart player. It just comes down to this is a this is a position that maybe more than any other position, you need to have that athleticism and long speed. And I just don't know how sudden of an athlete he is. But I really do like him, and it was weird putting him at fifth overall. Uh, it's just it's just the nature of this class. Mm. Anyone want to say anything about Elam right now, or uh, are we going to just uh, let you guys get to it? Uh, I'll get to it in a bit. Yeah, he's coming up. He's coming up. All right. Yeah, and again, Zach, I'll let you go next. Who's your number four overall player? The world's dying to know. Well, it's actually um, Cam Taylor Britt from the Brit. Nah, I'm kidding. It's uh, Kiara Elam uh, from my Florida Gators, 6'2", 196, projected to run 4.48. I think he'll run a little slower than that. And I, the one thing, if we're doing superlatives here, I think Elam's the smartest cornerback in this class. I mean, mm-hmm. you basically hit the nail on the head with it alex again um super smart uh boundary corner just insane insane instincts like the best in this class i feel like i've used that word so much but like his are truly phenomenal i do worry about the long speed with elam and he it's bothered me that he hasn't really taken that next step since that impressive freshman season like he's been good but he just hasn't you know propelled himself to like potentially CB1, which a lot of us Gators fans expected. Another thing that kind of bothers me, and it sounds like a positive, is I think he has a chance to, you know, maybe be like kind of a tweener because he does play some safety snaps, or at least he did last year. I know he's done so this year. And I'm not saying that's his best position, but for a guy whose coverage ability is probably not as good as some of these other guys in this class, that kind of bothers me. I feel like he's um, they're trying to pigeonhole, or not trying to pigeonhole, they're try- he's trying to figure out what spot fits best for him. And sometimes his instincts, he overthinks, and he winds up getting burnt. And I look at Elam, and he's just fundamentally sound and he just needs to play not even more composed he just needs to recognize his weaknesses more because i find watching him especially in florida games the same mistakes happening over and over again and there's nothing like and there's just no like adjustments with it and it gets kind of frustrating but for a guy is that good in the run game who could play multiple positions who I brought up the coverage. It's it's good. It's not great, but just that versatility that I can see from him, plus the high ceiling and the work ethic. Like he's a first round guy. I agree with you. I don't think he has the ceiling. I think he's riskier than a lot of these other cornerbacks that we've talked about, surprisingly. But I definitely think he'll have some role in the NFL for a long time. 
I agree. And before I let Kellen go in, which I will do, I want to say I, I like the idea of him playing some safety because, like I said, to me, when he has his eyes on the quarterback, he was he was one of the best players. If he can go downhill, I, I really like to watch him play. And I think he's big enough and good enough in the run game, good enough, long enough to get off blocks, everything like that, that he can play some reps and that would let you disguise the scheme quite a bit. So, man, if he goes into like a quarter heavy offense, I would, I would kind of like to see that. But Kellen, you're number four guy guy that I liked quite a bit. Yes, sir. Uh, why don't you uh, drop the sauce. sauce? Big Sauce. Not not Big Sauce, actually, because Big Sauce is someone else. So Little Sauce. Little Sauce, regular Sauce. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Um, I believe, you know, we. I keep bringing this up uh, on the tailgate show for the Draft Bible. The last time I checked, he was over 800 coverage snaps without allowing a touchdown, which is just insane. Um, but we've talked about him already. Um, you know, a guy who is a little bit grabby, a guy who is uber aggressive, right? He really has that alpha dog mentality. And, you know, we talked about it earlier with Kobe Bryant about how these guys are being tested, but not at the level of a big, of uh, a power five. But, you know, Sauce Gardner is going to be a guy who's going to get into the league and he's going to get beat, right? He's going to have that, that, that rookie year where you look at him and be like, God damn it. Like this kid, like he's just, it's happened again, you know? And I think you just have to live with it. Not that it's okay, but you're going to have to live with it because that's just the guy you're drafting. A guy who just wants to play with that alpha dog mentality is going to have to learn. He's going to have to adapt. But right now, obviously, the best part of his game is being a press man corner. Can he can he transition into being that off man corner? Can he play with the patience? Can he play with the awareness to play in the zone scheme? You know, whether that's, you know, quarters or Seattle cover three, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right now, he is what he is, but you're also banking on your coaching staff saying like, Hey, you're, this is the NFL, man. This, this is not Cincinnati. We, you know, we're Cincinnati Bengals. We're not Cincinnati Bearcats anymore. You know, obviously not saying that that's where he's going to go, but playing in the NFL is going to be a big jump for him. Maybe out of, you know, the biggest jump from college to the NFL for any of the guys we're talking about based on the way he plays the game. Um, so for him, that'll be the biggest thing is, can I, can I be coachable? And can I understand that what worked in college may not work all the time in the NFL, but I have to sprinkle in, you know, a bunch of different, you know, ways on playing corner, a bunch of different techniques. I have to play off. I got to play press. I got to, I got to understand where, where guys are coming in and out of my, my quarters. You know, I got to understand where I'm matching. I got to play the flats here, you know? So sauce Gardner is, I love, I love corners with his mentality, right? That alpha dog, like I said, the guy who's just going to come up and say, I'm better than you. I'm going to be here in your face. You just have to beat me. And nobody can do that right now, but when he gets the NFL there, he'll find a lot of guys that can. So it's just, you know, like I said, He'll get there. Him and the coaching staff just have to work it out. But he's still a high ceiling guy, a guy who can probably be a true shutdown corner in the NFL. He just has to work his way there. Yeah, I'll get to I'll get sauce. Zach's already talked about sauce. Uh, I like him, man. I like him, man. And I, I had, as Zach alluded to, I had concerns about him coming in from last year because last year he was ridiculously grabby, like yeah. absolutely ridiculously grabby. And I thought he's made some tries this year, but. My number four overall guy, maybe I'm a homer. I don't know. I like him quite a bit, though. Trent yeah, McDuffie. Actually not this time. Yeah. Uh, listed at 5'11", 193. I don't know that he's actually 5'11". Uh, and I think that if I did know, if you told me right now, hey, Trent McDuffie is actually 5'11", 195, and he's definitely running under a 4'5", then I might, I might have him higher on this list because I think – this this guy has a chance to be the most polished guy on this list, perhaps. I think if you're telling me right now, who is the best rookie in this cornerback class? 
I think Trent McDuffie would be my pick. I, I think fundamentally he's probably the most sound. I think he's a very physical player. Every year he's been a phenomenal, phenomenal performer on the field against good teams, against bad teams. does not matter. Dude performs. So far this year, targeted 18 times, only given up eight receptions, 48 yards. I don't believe he's given up a first down yet. Uh, no touchdowns. Has uh, three forcing completions, three pass breakups. Dude's really good playing the ball. He's got experience in the slot, experience outside, experience playing a little bit of safety. He's played all around UW, good on special teams. Everything that he can control is very good. The only thing is, is he big enough and is he quick enough to play outside? And if not, is he physical enough to play slot in the NFL? And what is the value of that? Do you take that player top 15 where I kind of expect him to go right now? I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't really look like he's a legit 5'11 to me. He looks like he might be like closer to 5'10. I think he's the next kind of in that line of the uh, Byron Murphy and maybe even a bit of Buda Baker. So he's probably going to wind up on Arizona somehow. But of just the guys who are a little bit undersized, but do every other thing right, maybe aren't the tremendous benchmark athletes, but do a little bit of everything right. And it just starts to click. They start off the high floor and then continue to end up getting a better and better player until they turn out good pros uh, in the right defense. I think if he's someone that you can match with someone who is that true alpha type cornerback, he's going to feast on number twos. But a lot of times you're taking a guy top 15. That's not what you're drafting him to do. And I don't know if he can hang like that, but I really like him. I think anything that you can control, he has controlled and controlled successfully. He is actually a very good athlete. I think he broad jumped uh, something like 11 feet, uh, earlier on and uh, I think uh, over 41 inch vertical. So he can jump really well. He has (laughs) a a big catch radius. He had, I believe it was a 2019, a tremendous falling back one-handed interception in the end zone. He can make plays. He's just not the most fast and sudden player ever. And that does matter at the cornerback position. I hope nothing but the best for him. Uh, Yeah, I I really like him. And uh, as this kind of becoming tradition right now, Zach, I'll let you dig on to your number three player in the class. <laughs> you know, I am, like, struggling right now, just, like, hearing you talk about Trent McDuffie and looking at the two guys who I have over him, which I do believe, which I do really like my rankings, and it's just pissing me off because I love Trent McDuffie so much and I want to have him higher, but I just can't. I mean, he's my favorite. I think he's my favorite prospect in this class. Either him or Tyler Linderbaum. We haven't talked about offensive linemen yet, but bring me back for that one, by the way. Oh, we will. Okay. Um, Let's McDuffie. do it, man. Uh, listen, five eleven, two eights, one ninety three, projected to run four four eight. No measurables on him yet. He's the type of guy. First of all, let me just say I agree with you, Alex. Most polished cornerback in this class by far. Just all around a stud. The coverage stats are insane. The body, like he is rocked up for a cornerback, but he's not stiff. Like, this isn't some, like, you know, like, mini Israel Mukuamo or some something <laughs> like that. Like, this dude, like, this dude is fluid. His hips are insane. He plays great in all coverages. I look at a guy like Trent McDuffie, just to keep it, like, a little short. Like, I think he is good at everything. Like, I really do. He is the type of guy that, like, you're going to be reading a scouting report by somebody who likes him. Probably me. And the cons are just going to be like NFL teams might be turned off by his size, not the tallest cornerback, which I 
it's the reason why he's number three. I'm not sure how long his arms are. Five, he might be 5'11". I do agree with you, Alex. I think he's a better player than Byron Murphy was coming out easily. I like Byron Murphy, but I'm just really, really high on Trevor <laughs> Duffy. And I feel like teams might overthink the measurables and kind of not look at everything he's done. Kind of similarly to Roger McCreary, except for I feel that McDuffie does have the ability to play on the outside. He's got that alpha dog mentality. Just... Not really many holes in his game, and I think he's going to be a absolute stud in the NFL. I love him. I love him. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I will not stand for any Byron Murphy slander, who's my favorite UW defensive back in I, the history like of like the him. team. But, uh, yeah, he's having a good year. But uh, that being said, Kellen, I'm very excited for you to get some UW tape here because you got to watch yeah. these guys. I want to hear what you think of them. But uh, I also want to hear what you think about your number three player, uh, yeah. someone I've had a chance to talk about, Zach, as well. First off, I know Alex has definitely brought a lot of UW fans to this podcast. And UW fans, I promise you, I will get to those two guys. I'm sorry that I haven't already. Don't be mad at me. I will get to them. Number three for me is Kyrie Elam. Um, you guys have already talked about him, and I, I don't really have anything that I disagree with that you guys said. I just want to say that he's good in coverage, right? I think he's very solid in run defense. I think he's very good at, at playing at playing smart, right? Like I think, and I'll say this with Andrew Booth too, we're going to talk about, is another thing that I value in corners besides being patient in their backpedal is, are you smart enough to let the quarterback bring you to where you have to go? And that's not the case that it, it has to be all the time. Um, but a lot of times corners just don't understand where they are on the field and they're not understanding what offenses look like today? You're, you're every every defender is being put in conflict. That's the way the offenses are, are playing the game today, and I just see corners get man, manipulated to the flats way too much, and they're coming up way too early, and they're missing tackles, and they're not breaking down, or they're playing back way too far, and they're just giving way too much free space. I think Kyrie Elon does a great job of limiting that. And as far as we talk about twitch and smoothness, that's the that's the part of his game where it lacks, right? That's the part where I don't think I can really give him a top 10 grade as far as a corner, but I still think he's definitely a solid first-round player. And and like I said, you know, you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head, both of you with him. Um, but, you know, it, it's that athleticism um, that is not bad. you got to be a great athlete to play corner in the NFL. It's just not on the level of some of the other guys are talking about and the Kyler Gordons that you guys are talking about. The Even the, uh, Mikhail Wright, I don't think he's athletic as Mikhail Wright. He's obviously not as athletic as the two guys I have above him or Sauce Gardner, in my opinion. But just a solid corner that I think you'll be very comfortable with and in, in, in whatever you want to play in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that breakdown. And I think something I didn't mention when I was talking about him is that when Kyrie Elam's on the field – that, that sideline is the 12th defender right there. He does a very, very good job of working guys into that sideline and just really messing with catch windows. So I like that a lot. Uh, my number three player, who I kind of expected to be my number two player, and I had him all over this list. I think I had him at four or five at one point. I also had him as high as two. I, I debated putting him at number one for a while. Andrew Booth Jr., man, his highlight reel is the most fun in this class. Uh, I think even over Stingley, even over is unreal. A lot of the plays were in 2020, though, uh, when you're watching this highlight reel. I want to say that he has some unreal recoverability. His catch radius, especially falling backwards, is amazing. It is amazing. It is just absolutely unreal how he's able to extend, leap, and just you think you got to step on him and you don't. That being said, 
for someone with his footwork, his natural athleticism, all those abilities, he's kind of getting cooked this year. And I don't know what to do with that. He's been targeted 35 times. So he's getting targeted pretty heavily, allowed 25 receptions. So that's a 71.4% completion rate when he's being targeted, which shouldn't happen for, I mean, they played some good teams, but an ACC cornerback that has his physical skills going into their third year, he hasn't had a tremendous amount of starting experience, but that, that bothered me. That being said, he hasn't allowed a pass over 22 yards this year. So he's not getting cooked deep. It's mostly just underneath stuff where he's kind of playing way off and they can kind of pick him out underneath as a really low dot. I don't have it written down, but I remember it was pretty low. Two pass break or two pass deflected, no passes, uh, no forcing completions, no interceptions, allowed two touchdowns. It kind of comes down to his football IQ is just not there yet. It's not when I'm watching him. I, I'm worried that he will get cooked year one in the NFL, maybe year two. That being said, I, he has like, I think, top five overall traits when you're watching him. His footwork is special. His vertical ability is special. His ability to shut down windows is special. So what do you do with that? I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of this type come into the NFL, figure it out, and just start clicking and become a star. We've also seen a lot of this particular mold fail in the NFL because they don't have that mental aspect, which you really do have to have at the cornerback position. With watching Darian Kendrick leave Clemson and go to Georgia, I'm a bit more optimistic that a lot of this has to do with this Clemson scheme, which overall I think the world of Venables, but it hasn't done a tremendous amount of wonders for certain players that have come out that have looked a lot better once they've left system. Uh, also, I'm, why am I blanking on the name of uh, the Atlanta cornerback? Uh, right now. AJ Terrell. Yes, AJ Terrell as well, who I think has looked better in the NFL than I expected based off how I looked at Clemson. So maybe that's part of it. I, I just I struggle with how to how to rank a guy that I think is a, a top ten grade type player, maybe even higher than that, that has been getting cooked in college. Uh it's a weird, weird thing for me. That being said, traits matter at this position and he has every trait in the world. And it's just the the whole four four and up, maybe five and up for me, are all these players where there's stuff you'll fall in love with and there's some things to be concerned about. And uh, I think Booth is no exception for that. But the upside of what he could be is a special, special player. Mm. So with that said, I'm going to let Kellen go go next now. I think uh, we're going to be hearing a lot of similar names here. Yep, absolutely. I was just trying to look at Clemson Corners in the NFL and, and how, like, different their 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 careers have gone um uh, Cordray Tankersley is out of the league he was a third round pick in 2017 and then you've got Mac Alexander who is not probably not going to be a starter for you but then you've got Bashad Breeland and, and AJ Terrell who've been pretty good players so I Andrew Booth is my number two um and like you said I I did not like like a Dar- Darian Kendrick was not a guy for me in 2020 um but this year it's like Ah, he he is. You know, he switched schemes, he switched defensive coordinators, he's switching styles, and obviously he's playing on a better defense. But Clemson's defense is still very good. Um, but you're right. It's, I, I think Andrew Booth is not a very good technical corner right now. His technique is just not where it needs to be, and that's why he's letting so many passes get caught on him. But you're right. I mean, the highlight tape, the freakish plays. I remember I was watching KJ Henry summer scouting uh, this year, and I was watching the Miami game. And you guys both know what I'm talking about. The play where – He's launching off his right foot, going backwards, like falling down, 
and makes the play with his left hand in the air. He's on. He's he's playing the the left side, left cornerback role. It's just crazy. Everyone, you gotta watch what I'm talking about. It's freakish athleticism. He probably covers five yards of ground leaping off one foot, which is absolutely insane. Like you have to think about how crazy of an ath- uh, of an athletic. It's not even a one off to too. Like he has yeah. plays like that. They're just all yes. in 2020. Yes, and and so for him, it's all technique. He's he's great in run support. I think he's the best run support corner in the, in in, uh, in this class right now. Um, but yeah, for for him, like I said, it's all technique going backwards. Can he be? Can he clean up the sloppiness? Whether it's with his feet, whether it's with his eyes, whether it's just with anticipating routes or just reacting to them fast enough. That's all it is for him. Um, but I think you're right. His career could go one or two ways. Um, but I think I definitely bet on him right now as a top ten player. Yeah, I mean, the way I see Andrew Booth, and I I try not to be, like, hyperbolic or anything. What do you have in rank, Zach? I have him ranked second. So I'm letting you dive in. I'm just trying to make that clear that this is your number two player. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I have Andrew Booth number two. I'm sure we're all going to have the same guy number one. And Alex still has to get into his number two. But – Andrew Booth, six feet tall, three eights, two hundred pounds. Projected to run four four three. Didn't really dive into the measurables. He has nine inch hands, thirty two and an eighth inch arms, seventy seven and three quarter wingspan. So that's almost like a, it's almost a half foot tall longer than Roger McCreary, which I mean makes sense, but still kind of insane. And I was, as I was saying before, I try not to be hyperbolic, but when I talk about short area quickness for a cornerback and recovery speed, Andrew Booth is the quickest in those areas I've ever seen in a cornerback prospect. And that's going back to like when I really started back in like 2015. So that's like seven draft cycles. I mean, I remember watching this dude's tape and I was I was like, did they cut a frame out or something? Because this guy would like flash right to the receiver and you know his 2020 tape was insane this year as alex brought up he's not really yeah he hasn't been as good but giving up a lot of catches i believe he's tried to be more of a zone coverage guy not giving up big gains or anything like that but just the athletic tools the footwork i do agree with the point about the football iq i think that's where you know that's why he falls to number two for me but Andrew, somebody with that quickness, that recovery speed, some guy who could stop a play, be a playmaker, just like literally in a blink of the eye is just some. I mean, he's a special, special, special talent. And he's going to go. I mean, I would not be stunned if he was a first cornerback off the board. Definitely think he's a top 10, probably a top five talent for me in this class. He is a – he's something else. And that's scary that there's a guy ranked above him. Let me just say that. Yeah. Did you, yeah, did you guys know there's only been four Clemson corners in the NFL draft that have ever been drafted before ever, like in its existence? Only four? No. Those four that's ridiculous. Listed? Really? But yeah, Tankersley, yeah. Breland, uh, Terrell, and uh, Trayvon Mullen. That's it. Okay, so it's all like pretty recent. Fifty percent yeah, hit rate. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. That's weird. Breland's that is very weird. Bad. Breland's been pretty bad this year. I'm pretty sure for Minnesota, but he's been good in years past. And AJ Terrell looks good. The other two are kind of yeah yanks. But so I'll jump into my number two overall. 
Uh, a guy I did not expect to have number two overall because in 2020, I think I had him somewhere around cornerback seven coming into this year. I like Sauce Gardner a lot, man. I, I really did. Uh, I think, like I kind of mentioned, like if you go all the way down from uh, Elam to uh, where we are right now with Gardner, and I think we all will have the same number one overall here, they all have some issues, right? They're, they're all freakishly talented people that have some issues in certain areas. To me, Sauce Gardner's issues were the most correctable, Where and I've seen him make strides in it, where he's definitely a grabby player. A lot of times, it's unnecessarily grabby. He's super chippy. I have kind of a weird comp on him, which is a, a comp that I've wanted to make for somebody for a long time and finally can. I don't know if you guys remember Cortland Finnegan at all, who was uh, <laughs> I I yeah, famously, famously got under people's skin. I think he is that level player, and I think similarly, he could be that good of a player who – then again, the people celebrated when he uh, when he fell off and uh, some of the fights that he lost <laughs> with yeah. uh, certain Texans wide receivers. But uh, <laughs> but at his peak, man, he was an All Pro level player. Uh, Gardner, man, two hundred forty two snaps in coverage so far this year. Only been targeted nineteen times, so he's getting targeted once every 20, 20 snaps. Uh, nine receptions allowed for just fifty six yards. So he's allowing less than three yards per target. Long is just. 13 yards on the whole year, two pass breakups, two interceptions on those 19 targets. Mm. Good size. He's 60. He's reportedly up. I, I've heard he's reportedly 200 right now. He's definitely gained some weight. He came into the year or last year. I think he was listed at 188. Yep. I think right now he's probably about 195. Actually, I think maybe he got up 200 for a bit and his weight him in on that. And then he cut down. That's, that's pretty good size for him though. That's yeah. Really good. Six, six, two, 78 inch wingspan. He's got a long wingspan, very good catch radius. Supportedly a bit faster. So it'd be somewhere in the 443 to 445 range. I wouldn't call him freakishly fast long speed, but he's definitely got it. To me, he was the best at just sticking with people. And sometimes that's because he is grabby. Definitely a lockdown press guy. If you run press, I could see putting him as as cornerback one just because he's so good at stopping people like right in the first five yards. Sometimes at the line, like he'll just shut down routes. Phenomenal sticking with people in their back hip pocket. It just comes down to me. He's so grabby and so unnecessarily grabby at times. This year, he has cut down the penalties quite a bit. He's only got two so far this year, which having two penalties in what, like six or seven games says a lot right there as a positive for him. And he should have been called for more. He'll get called for more in the NFL. I think that's going to be a thing early. But I think it's correctable. I've seen him make strides this year, which was huge for me in that area. And it's just, man, he's going to draw a ton of penalties as well because he's going to start some shit like a kind of a Chauncey Gardner Johnson where he's going to get in people's head, maybe push them around a little bit after the snap and get those uh, secondary penalties. Kind of like a DK Metcalf as well, where he just gets so under people's skin that they get called for stupid stuff. I think that's going to happen too. So I don't want to knock him too much from the penalties that he will get. And man, he just he just hangs with people really well. He's got the size. To me, he's kind of got a lot of the positives of Elam without some of the negatives. I think he's a better athlete overall. So mm-hmm. I liked him a ton. It's just going to come down to uh, if he gets in the right coaching and if he can stop grabbing people unnecessarily. And, you know, it is going to be a big transition, like you said. That being said, he's getting some chances to uh, to play against some very good wide receivers. He's going to get another chance this year on an undefeated Cincinnati team that – if they continue to be undefeated, I, I don't think the committee's going to have any ability to keep them out this year. 
So he's going to have a good showcase. I, I really liked him, man. I, I thought he's made big strides this year, and he's just been – he's been the most lockdown per person so far that I've watched on tape this year. Uh, so I really like Sauce. Number one overall, I think we have all got the same guy. We got Stingley. But I kind of wanted to start this off. I kind of planned this out before the podcast. I wanted to ask if we never get Stingley's freshman year tape, and he's just Derek Stingley that we saw 2020, 2021. Do we have him number one in this class? Because I think in the back of all of our minds, we have that. We have seen him dominate, truly dominate at the highest level. We know he's a freak athlete. The health hasn't been there. And when the health hasn't been there both years now, he hasn't looked anything like that player on tape. We still know it's there. So I'm kind of curious to get your guys' thoughts on what you would think of him without that 2019 tape and how much that sways and how much that should sway. So, Kellen, I'm going to let you go first because you're the guest. That, get, get some of your thoughts on Singley. That's such a hard question to ask because, first of all, that 2019 LSU team is just – it's crazy, right? Like, they could they, – I don't think they could beat an NFL team, but they could probably compete. Maybe they could win a game. I don't know. But I think we're looking at such a fantastic athlete and a guy who – I think most of his lapses just come at some of the most random times because you've seen him do it. You've seen him you've seen him shut down a, a guy in any way possible. You've seen him make all the plays, you've seen him make all the the or or all the pass breakups in the world, but it just doesn't happen consistently anymore since 2020 ended. Um so I don't know, right? Because that's when we saw it happen. That's when we saw him put it all together in 2019. So I, we're still probably definitely looking at a top 5 guy, but I mean, maybe we're talking about Andrew Booth as the cornerback one of this class. Maybe we're talking about Sauce Gardner as that, you know, as cornerback one because I think you're right. Obviously, health is going to be a concern, and testing for him is going to be big. Can he be healthy, and can he test well when he does it? And can he can he clear medicals? You know, there's a bunch of things with him, but that's I can't answer it definitively. But I think I would I would lean toward no, I don't think he would be CB1 as comfortably as he is in a lot of people's eyes at, at the very least. I think there would be a lot more discussion and there would be a lot more differentiation among people's opinions on who cornerback one is if that 2019 isn't there for us. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Kellen. It's definitely a, um, it's a loaded question, definitely hard to answer um, because we had that tape. And we're able to see the talent. Like Derek Stingley to me is like Jalen Ramsey. And I, he has not played to that level. But part of that is if he was playing to that level every year, he'd be the best prospect of all time. And not only that, he's still a really freaking good player. He's just not all time great like he was in 2019 which I feel like leads a lot of people, not accusing you of doing it, Alex, or you, Kellen, but mm-hmm. I feel like it leads to a lot of people overthinking him. Like, oh, this guy this guy isn't averaging like two pass breakups a game and he only has one pick, but at the same time, just watch him, watch the traits, see how smart he is, how he can literally do anything that you could ask for a cornerback with 99 percentile athleticism, maybe even 100 percentile athleticism. I don't know, but... Derek Stingley, I feel like people need to stop overthinking him. He's a he's a blue chip prospect to a T. He's everything that NFL teams look for when they draft cornerbacks. He's played like one. He's going to go high. He's going to be a superstar in the NFL, plain and simple. 
So one concern I have with him, and I mean, let's, let's, you know, kind of talk about it right now, you know, former number three overall recruit in the nation, easy, easy five-star freshman year that we're talking about on one of the best college teams of all time, six interceptions, 15 pass breakups, the true freshman, I believe in high school, he ran a four, three Oh 40, which <laughs> is what? absurd. Like it's absolutely what? absurd. And that was like a confirmed one too. So, I mean, if you follow a natural progression, that's like a four one eight forty. Like that's silly, man. Yeah. That's that silly. being said, yeah, I don't he's had that. a lot of he's had a lot of lower body injuries since then. And now, I mean, he's a lot of people are expecting him to run a four four forty. I don't know if I can remember someone who ran a significantly slower forty coming out than they did in high school. And that makes me concerned. Is he still that same player that he was his freshman year from an athletic standpoint? And I don't know. I don't know. He's definitely a freaky athlete, but is he that, you know, 10 relative athletic score freaky player that he was? He's still got the size, 6'1", 195. He's still got the absolute explosiveness. I mean, that even showed this year while playing hurt. But there's been some bad. I mean, he got burnt badly in that UCLA game to start the year. That was not pretty well after that. Uh, Only been targeted five times on the year. He hasn't played a ton. Didn't play a ton last year either, but – Three receptions on, on the five targets, 47 yards. One of them was the burn. It happens. But very concerned. He, he does have four missed tackles in not very many opportunities so far this year. That's been a concern. Can he stay healthy? Is he the same player? He's someone where I really want to see what he does in the athletic testing. Is he still that same player? If he sits out for some drills, which I think he might do, and I think – you know, when he's getting hurt right now, I think it's definitely smart for him to rest himself and just not put out any bad tape. Just, you know, lean on the tape that he has there is going to get him drafted at minimum top 10 from his freshman year and a little bit from his sophomore year. Like, don't mess up. Don't jeopardize your money, right? But I want to see him test. If he doesn't test, I'm going to be a bit concerned because I want to know that he's still that same player. Yeah. So. That's my concern there. Obviously not too big of a concern because I've talked about how much I like a lot of the cornerbacks in this class still put him at cornerback one. I mean, his freshman tape is some of the most special tape I've ever seen in the position ever seen. And you know, the athleticism coming out truly unreal. So man, it's a hell of a class. There's just no way around that. This is a hell of a class. I I think the interesting thing is really going to be see which players decide to go back and see if they can be that top 10, top 15 player next year that are getting pushed down into that like early second, late first round, because you know, someone's going to do it. Is it a Kyler Gordon? Is it a Nehemiah Pritchett? It's whatever, but really good class. I think uh, normally I'd try to shut it down right now because we've gone on a while. I I think this has been a good enough podcast. I want to keep going. I want to talk about some of the honorable mentions here. So maybe you can just uh couple quick hitters and then go into depth on one guy. Zach, I would make you go second most of the time. I'll let you go first here. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, I got a couple guys here. Like Alex said, just going to hit on a few of them. Uh, Avery Young, Rutgers cornerback, really liked his 2020 tape. It's kind of taken a step back this year, playing more safety. But in terms of playing cover, cover three, I thought he was one of the more sound guys in the class last year. I definitely feel like he should be – Move back to cornerback. I don't think Shiano is doing him any favors. Uh, brought up Michael right before. Jack Jones, he's a smaller cornerback from Arizona State. I see him on Kellen's list. Uh, really good. Kind of a little worse than McCreary, but he's another guy who for a few years has just played really, really good football, good coverage ability, quick feet, good athlete. Um, one guy who I was super excited to watch 
this year. Um, and I watched his 2020 tape, was not the biggest fan, was uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was I was a little disappointed by him. Uh, I thought he, the football IQ wasn't there, got burned a couple times. Obviously, the size doesn't help him. He's a bit of a weird projection because I he's one of those smaller guys that I'm like, oh, I don't want to just throw in the slack because I think he has that outside ability. But still, um, not playing as good this year as he did last year combined with those concerns I have has him not on my list. And I'll end things off with one of the Iowa corners. Both of them have your, both of them have been good, Matt Hankins and Riley Moss. But I'll go into Riley Moss because I think he's a better projection. Probably not the best athlete, but, you know, very thick frame, insane run defender. The coverage has been insane. I mean, that whole – that entire Iowa defense is just completely suffocating, suffocating for other teams to face, and Riley Moss is a big part of that. He's a uh, – he's a fringe top 100 guy for me. He was a state champion in the hundred yard dash, right? Hundred, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. I think uh, hundred meter. I don't, I don't know how fast he. I mean, he might run fast. I mean, we've seen crazier things before, but yeah, I mean, just, uh, tape speed. He doesn't look like you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I just three burner. Yeah, I thought I remembered that from somewhere. All right, Kellen. Um, Jack Jones is going to be on my list. Um, Zach touched on him. Noah Daniels is the other TCU corner who I really like. Big physical corner. Uh, it's going to be a man cover corner, a guy who's really had durability uh, issues all throughout college uh, and has been at TCU and has just never gotten it right. So playing really well here in 2021. But again, it's just the medicals are a red flag for him. Uh, Garrett Williams is a redshirt sophomore at Syracuse. And Syracuse is pumping out some really good um, talent at, at the cornerback position last year. They had a Fatu Malafanu, who uh, I think was a top 50 player for me, actually. And then Trill Williams across from him, who got drafted later. Uh, but I think Garrett Williams is a guy, we just don't have a lot of tape on him yet. But I think that as far as traits, as far as athleticism, I think we're looking at a guy who, once again, I don't think he's going to come out this year. I don't think he should because next year, I think he's got a, an opportunity to be that cornerback one once you see him a little bit more, once you get a whole another year uh, in the testing on him. Um, and then Treshawn Miller. Uh, is a guy who we just have not gotten eyes on in 2021 who played at West Virginia and I believe was all conference corner in 2020 transferred to Auburn and it, I don't think he's listed on the death chart Auburn's defense their secondary itself is stacked but their defense as a whole is really good smoke Monday is back there obviously we talked about McCreary and Pritchett Miller is just I don't know what's going on there he's a skinny corner skinny and long um, but I really liked his 2020 tape I didn't think he was uh, going to be like a, anywhere close to like a, a second round player, but I think that taking him in the back end of the third based on projecting him uh, might be good, but he's wiry. He's flexible. He's instinctual. Uh, he's six foot two. I really liked him, but I don't know what's going on down there. I just don't know if he's good enough to not break in, but he'll probably transfer out after this year uh, and probably get one more year. So I don't know if we're looking at him um, to be uh, a cornerback in this class. Um, and Alex, when you finish up, I'll bring up someone else that we're not all high on that seems like the the wheels are starting to fall off for him as far as an NFL draft goes. But you go ahead. OK, yeah, I, I always have a lot of these guys that I like. I think this one I kind of wanted to focus on uh, small school athletes for the most part. But for you that not a tremendous athlete, Daryl Luter Jr. out of South Alabama, six foot 180, not the biggest guy ever, but just been one of the most lockdown guys at college right now. Uh, targeted 35 times, 10 receptions. 121 yards allowed, nine forcing completions, nine passes broken up and an interception. So not something I've been able to find the tape on, but in terms of lockdown uh, statistically, 
he's been really, really good. So someone I kind of want to see. Got a lot of really good athletes here. Uh, Daryl Baker Jr. out of Georgia Southern, uh, six foot, 200, 77 inch wingspan, uh, 32 inch arms. Uh, made the freaks list. Uh, let's see here. Has a four four one lasered forty at four point one eight shuttle. Which, by the way, I don't think I talked about it. Kyler Jordan three point eight seven second uh, shuttle, which is absurd. <laughs> absurd. Say that again. Uh, three point eight seven. <laughs> second <laughs> shuttle which Isn't is a three cone for him supposed to be like a six five two or something like yeah that? yeah he's just he's something else but uh anyways uh daryl baker jr 4.18 on that too which is pretty ridiculous at six foot one uh 200 uh power cleans 415 pounds 10 10 broad jump 38 inch vertical so small school guy hasn't done too much from a productive standpoint but uh pretty interesting there uh, Tarek Woolen uh, out of University of Texas San Antonio, who have some dudes on that squad. Actually, I like that. I like that team this year. They're they're fun to study. Uh, he was number six overall on the freaks list. Six four and a quarter, two hundred five pounds, eleven and a half inch broad jump, laser time four three four forty. Topped out at twenty three point three three miles per hour on the GPS. Uh, flying ten is point uh, nine seconds. So ridiculous. Bench is four hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, dude from a war from a workout warrior standpoint doesn't even really see the field coaches seem to like him a bit talk him up quite a bit uh, I thought that was kind of interesting Zion Gilbert at Florida Atlantic 61180 uh, long arms 32 inch arms uh, 19 pass breakups three interceptions uh, in his career uh, ran a 430 flat and a 23.8 GPS 42 inch vertical 11 and a half inch broad jump so that's pretty interesting for me there uh, and then I uh, just kind of want to talk about Noah Daniels. We talked about, I don't even know if he has a hundred defensive snaps in his career yet right, right. now, but uh, you know, 10, three, four, hundred yard dash over 21 yards uh, over 20, or pardon me, uh, 23 miles an hour. Hang cleans 400 pounds. Which is ridiculous. Has a, has an official four, two, seven, 40. Just Whoa. dude can't stay healthy to save his life right now. Uh, Tari Castro field, six, one, 200, four, four, five. Not much else to say there. Joshua Williams is the best defense is the best D two, uh, going to be in the, uh, shrine bowl, uh, get some draftable grades from people. Haven't seen too much from him. Obviously he's D two player. I think it was like Fayetteville state or something like that, but he's big. He's like six, three, 200 been productive Nice guy. I really wanted to talk about though. Taylor Hawkins at San Diego state has been a dude plays a little safety, plays a little quarterback. Uh, definitely very good with his eyes on the football. 6'1", 205. Not the fast guy ever. Supposed to be a 4.56 guy. We'll see if he runs under 4.6. I don't know if he's a safety or cornerback at the next level. Been very productive this year. 27 targets, 12 completions, 100 yards. Hasn't given up a touchdown. Only given up one first down on the year on 27 targets. Six forcing completions, six packs broken up, two touchdowns and an interse- uh, or me, two interceptions and a touchdown. Been very good in the run game. 61205, big guy. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, I don't know if he's a level athlete to go early this year, but if you're looking at day three guys that I really like, uh, Taylor Hawkins, spelled T A Y L E R for some reason. Fun player at San Diego State who turns out some dudes. So, yeah, that's uh, those are kind of my honorable mentions. Kellen, let's uh, let's hear what you kind of foreshadowed there. Um, guy who plays right here next to me, and it really seems like on some boards. Uh, on the on 
certain sites he's like a top 100 player, but didn't appear for us. And the guy we didn't want to talk about, Seven Banks. Um, I just – I don't think he's very good. I don't think you guys think that either because he's not on your board. But Seventh, seventh round Banks. Yeah, I just – I don't see it with him. Um, I don't get uh, – you know, I think – like I said, I think the wheels are kind of falling off for him. I don't know if that's just us or in general, but no twitch, no long speed. Complete strider. Um, I think his recognition skills are good, but like when you get to that level and you have to play so close at, at for so long, you're not going to be able to keep length with guys down the field who are faster than you. You're not going to be able to stay with guys who can break you off because you don't have the twitch. Seven makes is smooth as hell. I'll give him that. But I mean, if guys are breaking him off behind his back, he's going to get lost in coverage. He, he's just got to be a guy that it, it, it plays one type of role and one type of role only. And I don't know how good he even performs in that role as is. So that's just a guy I wanted to bring. I'm not to bag on seven banks. I think he's a good college player and he plays for my team and I, you know, at Ohio state. So, uh, but I just don't think he's a very good NFL prospect. Yeah. He's, he's, I think too, playing across from, I believe Denzel Burke over there who uh, looks like he's going to be really, really good. Uh, it doesn't do him any favors uh, aesthetically as well. This is a fun podcast, guys. Uh, we wouldn't normally let it go this long. We're uh, we're coming up on an hour and forty five minutes here, but it's a lot of fun. I know for me, Kellen, I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, in addition to being quarterback one in the class, got to give him a little shout out for that. <laughs> guys, I uh, am on a lot of calls with with for the NFL draft. Bible. We'll both go together and uh, knows your shit. He's a guy I was really excited when I was talking about guests I want to have on. Kellen's one of the first guys to come up, so excited to get him on. Thanks, my man, on for sure. Appreciate oh. it. You're very welcome. Noted, noted for having one of the nicest ass kitchens in the uh, in the yes, entire sir. land. Yes, sir. Ellen. My mom knows how to make a good. She knows how to design a good kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen your mother gave you. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kellen, why don't you let people know where to find you on Twitter and uh, any podcasts you may, in fact, be on? Maybe any sites that you might uh, write for. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at TNDO underscore KG. I'm always interacting with you two on there, and we're always talking the draft. Um, and then you can find my podcast with me and, and some the, the leader of me and uh, Alex's scout team, Lorenz Linevaber, is my co-host down in the film room with Kellen and Lorenz. You can catch us there. We shout out the Juicy Deeds podcast as much as we can, especially the betting part, because I am not a betting man, but you can come get all of that go. here. Yep, and then uh, I do write a couple blogs, but we'll get to that in, in the draft season. I'm a, I'm a Bears guy. I'll tweet about them a lot, and I'm a Buckeyes guy. So if you like any either of those, which you very well may not, you, you follow me. But, guys, thank you so much. You you all know how, how much I appreciate it and how much I, I value your opinions. I think you guys are two of the smartest I know when it comes to this shit. So, and, and Lord knows we, could, we we talked about it for an hour 45 minutes, so we, we could have gone more. So thank you so much. Yeah. I know. It was a pleasure to have you on, man. It really was. And – uh also, love the flattery. We're very big on self-flattery on this podcast over here. <laughs> but no, you're a great guest, yes, man. You're, you're always smooth talking. Zach, as always, tremendous to talk to you. Excited for, excited for what's going on. You got a little new uh, – looks like you switched up the facial hair a little bit. Yeah, you know, try, try and spray things up a little bit. But, Kellen, appreciate you. <laughs> love you, man. Uh, appreciate really, it. I honestly think this was the best – podcast like we've ever done super informative you know i agree really um really good discussion and i say this every week leave a five-star review uh comment you know any questions that you guys may have twitter you can follow us at juicy deeps nfl 
Also, go on Apple Podcasts in the film room or Spotify. I believe they're uh, most yes, Go on both. Yeah. Five-star reviews on, on both. both. Five-star reviews yeah. in the film room with Kellen and Lorenz. Great podcast. Shout out Renzi as well. Got to yes, get him. We'll have to get him on you at some point. I, with my schedule and his schedule, it will be very yeah, weird. That, that will be a going on. <laughs> but we'll make it happen. We're on a call once a week. We'll figure it out and maybe get a little uh, cross podcast. Absolutely, I can't. Four way going on. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be. Love happening. to see it. Maybe somehow get Brandon involved and uh, make yeah. it a family affair. Yeah, guys. We're coming up on an hour and 50 minutes, so I'm going to shut this down. But, hey, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did it, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Cal, thanks for coming on. Zach, as always, thanks for being you. And uh, so, listeners, thank you for listening. Appreciate all of the downloads and all the reviews. I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. No. Uh, it's for the noise, please. Section. 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 Section.